0: Today's reading is taken from Matthew chapter 15 verses 1 to 20. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother. And anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are mere human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, Explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the person's mouth Come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Gladys and Lexi um, for praying and reading. Um, let's turn to Matthew chapter 15, 1 through 20. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you that it's living and active. We thank you that it shows us who we are. Thank you that it shows us a way uh, for salvation. Lord, we pray that you'll do both. That you'll convict the sinfulness of our hearts, but also see... Uh, the greatness of your salvation in Jesus, speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know if you ever have um, come to the time of confession and thought to yourself, you know what, God, I really can't think of anything that I I should confess. I've been pretty good um, this week. Maybe you've succeeded in controlling your tongue, or maybe you've been really good at doing your quiet times, reading the Bible and and praying. Maybe you're addicted to certain things and you've been clean for a while. Maybe you might even think to yourself, oh, God must be really pleased with me and my progress. I want you to know that God is pleased with you. God is God is pleased with your desire to fight sin. God is pleased with you when you make progress. That's absolutely true. But God is also pleased with you, even if, even when we fail. Even when we had a miserable week, God is still pleased with us if we're in Christ Jesus because God loves us beyond our imagination. And God, when He sees us, He sees the righteousness in Christ. God is Pleased with us even when we fail. What we have to watch out for often actually is not so much the sinfulness. Often the sinfulness draws us closer to our Savior, to the need of our Savior. What we have to watch out for often is this Uh, we need to watch out for hypocrisy, this sense of self righteousness that, that comes to us that feeling that we can manage our sins on our own. We have to watch uh, the condition of our heart because the problem isn't just skin deep, it is heart deep. We also then have to watch out also for, to, to follow the right leaders, the leaders who don't just tell us good things about ourselves, but who can point us up to the depth of our sinfulness, but also point us to our Savior in Jesus Christ. So watch your hypocrisy, heart, and your leaders. Last week, we saw how the crowds were flocking to Jesus in many, for many different reasons. And here in our chapter, chapter 15, verse 1, we see the, the leaders of Jerusalem, the, the Pharisees and the teachers of law also coming to see Jesus. Why are they coming? Maybe they had a thorny theological problem. Maybe they had a big pressing um, thing that they needed to discuss with Jesus. Take a look what they ask in verse 2. <laughs> they ask, why don't your disciples wash their hands before they eat? Why don't they? Why do they break the traditions of elders in this way? Of course, they weren't asking about personal hygiene. They weren't asking more about the oral traditions around the purity laws, uh, something that God seemed to care a lot about. For example, in the Old Testament, if you touched anything that sort of defiled you, uh, things uh, that are diseased, uh, things that are decaying, things that are dead, you were, pure, uh, you were um, uh, uh, deemed unclean. In God's eyes. So if you touched like for example mildew in your house, you were defiled. If you touched some uh, skin disease uh, someone who had skin disease, then you were also ritually impure. If you touched anything that was dead animal or a person you weren't allowed in to the temple to worship God. Why? Why does God care so much about this? Why? I could answer that in many ways, but it seems to me at the heart of it is that God was teaching us something about sin, the seriousness of sin, that sin destroys, it destroys our inside, that it's infectious, it can actually quickly spread in the end, that it brings death to our life. So this was a serious thing, and God wanted us to take it seriously. But the Pharisees took it um, further. Uh, Pharisees took a step a step further, wanting to be righteous. Wanting to be righteous, they took these laws um, about priests and the temple worship and applied it to their daily life. Around that time, the rabbis started to instruct actually these laws about priests uh, applied to their daily life in that, uh, you know, not just going to the temple, but before uh, they eat and they need to wash their hands in this way. And these oral traditions, uh, they were later written down. In the second century, um, but uh, and even before they were written down in what's now called Mishnah, which the Jewish people still use, uh, even before they were written down, they had this sense of uh, authority uh, almost as equal to the Bible itself. And whatever the, their origin had been, Jesus shows that their strict adherence to these oral traditions were now Uh, revealing their hypocrisy, Uh, that that it became a way of managing the sinfulness of their hearts. He gives us uh, one example. Jesus points out how honoring the parents, well, it's in the fifth command. It was part of the Ten Commandments. Uh, But according to the tradition, if you made a vow, uh, made a vow and your money is all tied up to taking care of the temple, then you are no longer obligated to take care of your parents at uh, their old age. They were perfectly justified in doing so because according to this tradition, uh, because you already made a vow to God to take care of the temple. So you didn't, if you couldn't take care of your parents, that was okay. Well, why, and that seems reasonable, why does Jesus condemn such a practice? He says, you nullify the law. You you nullify the word of God for the sake of human traditions. You effectively do away with this law about honoring God. I mean, honoring your parents for the sake of your traditions. Jesus points out that uh, this whole thing about devoting money uh, to the temple isn't in the Bible. (laughs) It's not part of God's commands. the fifth commandment is... He's saying that if you truly cared about God, you'd follow God's word, not human traditions. You'd obey God's word over rabbis. And what's revealed then is that although they talk a lot about God, uh, their hearts are actually far away from Him. Jesus calls them hypocrites in verse 7. But I wonder if there is part of you that sympathizes with uh, sympathize with, uh, with the Pharisees at all. Well, what exactly makes them hypocrites? Is it that they really just cared for the temple worship and not about their parents? Is it really true that they only cared about the outward appearance and not inward holiness? Were they really just looking for loopholes in God's laws? I don't think that's fair. Uh, remember, I know Pharisees have a bad reputation, but Jesus actually sometimes speaks very highly of them. Back in chapter 5, he said that we are, our righteousness has to exceed that of the Pharisees. That they were trying to be righteous. You know, if we're down here, they're sort of in the middle. And our righteousness has to exceed that of the Pharisees in order to be acceptable to God. You see, what made them hypocrites was that when they couldn't keep the law perfectly, what they did was they actually lowered God's standards. They lowered God's standards and pretended that they actually kept the law perfectly, that they were perfectly righteous in front of God's eyes. In this way, they made God's law manageable, doable, and told themselves that they were acceptable to God. And that's something that I think all of us do. And that's something that I think you can also relate to. It's something that I see all around us. For example, Westboro Baptists, they're famous for picketing all the LGBTQ rallies, right? Whenever there's something like this, they go out and picket in the most, in the most terrible way. They seem to take one part of God's law really seriously, the sexual ethics and, and this, the law about um, the homosexuality and all these things like that. But what about other parts of the law? What about other parts of Jesus' instructions, the New Testament instructions about being kind and loving and not being judgmental, being repentant and humble? Are they fulfilling that part? But because they feel one part of God's law, they feel self-righteous. They made God's law manageable. Uh, We talk about conservative and liberal Christians. Liberal Christians talk a lot about social justice, racial equality, uh, women's rights, inclusivity. These are all good things. These are great things, but they often fail at mentioning God's holiness. God's perfect holiness and God's justice. Um, They they fail at preaching uh, the repentance, uh, the sin and hell often. Conservative Christians, conservative evangelicals like us, also fall into this temptation. You know, in the opening I mentioned about how we sometimes feel pretty good if we've done our quiet times and if we prayed throughout the week, if we managed to watch our mouth or eyes from certain websites. I feel pretty self-righteous when I do that. I sometimes have come to the time of confession. I thought, I can't really think of anything. But look... The standard is loving God with all our heart and mind and soul and strength and loving our neighbors as ourselves. That's Jesus' standard. The standard of God is to love God in all this way, in this perfect way. And yet, we don't do that. You know, We have our own standards, our own traditions that have lowered God's standard. And we feel self-righteous. And when we fill them, and when we do, we are hypocrites. We're fulfilling just part of the law, but uh, ignoring uh, uh, the whole host of others. And when we feel self-righteous in this way, it doesn't drive us to Jesus. It sometimes drives our hearts far away from him, far away from the need to come to our Savior. And Jesus tells us why actually managing sin is not possible. In the end, it can only be managed. It can't actually be cured because the problem of meeting God's standard, well, that cannot be done because there's something wrong with us, something deeply wrong with us. He goes on to say in verse 11, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them. What comes out of their mouth, that's what defiles them. It's not um what goes in it's not cleanliness of our heart uh, hands or food that we eat that's what really matters it's what comes out of us that defiles us and he gives us a list in verse 19 and on take a look at that list you know if you were making a list of sins that are coming out of your heart which one would you start with murder adultery sexual immorality theft you might go, well, actually, I don't do that, I don't, I've been pretty good this week. I, I haven't really um, uh, done, uh, stolen anything. But look at what it starts out with. It starts out with evil thoughts. Evil thoughts. Out of our hearts come evil thoughts. Something that all of us are guilty of. It's the evil thoughts of our hearts that lead to murder and theft and adultery and sexual immorality and all of that. If we're honest... Our heart is fallen, and our heart is sinful, and that's where sin originates from. We're very quick to self-justify. We're very quick to lower God's standards and make ourselves feel pretty good, conceal the real problem of our hearts. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. Friends, the problem isn't just out there. The problem is in us. Well, this week our attention was drawn to some external things some things problems that are actually out there covid-19 restrictions came there's a war in ukraine it's tempting to think well if we just fixed these two problems actually the world will have peace the world will be much much better place and for sure For sure, our world will be better without these two things. I so desperately long for a world where COVID is just in the past. It's not a problem that we have to deal with anymore. It would be much, much better if there is not a war in Ukraine, that the people were not killing each other for the sake of their nation, in the name of their nations. But friends, these external things aren't the only source of our problems. Right? The politics, we often blame politics, we often blame culture, culture in Hong Kong, culture in our workplace, the culture of the financial industry or uh, the law industry or academia or, or whatever. We often blame uh, things out there. But actually, even if all these things are fixed, maybe more problems will still come because there's something wrong with us fundamentally, Uh, Problems often start out and are often made worse because of the condition of our heart. Pandemic is a problem, of course. But it's a problem that's exacerbated by the fact that we uh, use this pandemic in all sorts of terrible ways, right? Uh, people, uh, there's politici- uh, uh, we, we politicize um, this problem. There's uh, misinformation, there's greed that's involved, there's suspicion and misinformation that's out there that originates from us. Our hearts are often misplaced, uh, our hearts uh, have often uh, have misplaced patriotism, confused uh, uh, priorities and loves, and that often leads to wars, murder, adultery, injustice, and oppression. In an interview, Mike Wallace was speaking, Mike Wallace was a, 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 a newscaster in the US a long time ago, he was interviewing uh, Yehiel Dinur a concentration camp survivor uh, who testified against Adolf, um, Adolf Eichmann, one of the architects of Holocaust during the Nuremberg trial. There is this, I watched this little video clip of him um, actually uh, uh, testifying against him in his stand. And when he was done, he stood up. And he saw the man face to face, uh, this man who had absolute control over him uh, for many years, who sent many, many of his friends to death. And then he all of a sudden faints. And the, the judge orders, you know, uh, um, is trying to control the courtroom. Uh, why did he collapse uh, like a heap? Why was he overcome by fear, or hatred, or horrid memories? When Wallace uh, interviews De Nure, he explains that Wallace, uh, all at once, as he was watching this man, he saw this man face to face. He realized that this man was not, just some, not some superman who had absolute control over their life, but he was a man just like him. Let's see what he says. I was afraid... About myself when I saw him. I saw that I am capable of doing this, that I am exactly like him (laughs) This Holocaust survivor, this writer When he saw this Architect of Holocaust He saw himself He saw the fallenness of his own heart Out of our hearts come evil thoughts on all the things that we see around us. Friends, the season of Lent is coming. This Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. And of course, this is a tradition. It's not in the Bible, but it is a tradition that we observe. But it's a good tradition. It's a good tradition that points us to examine our hearts, not to just focus on the outward things that are going on, but to see the sordid filth uh, in our hearts and to come to God in repentance and asking His Holy Spirit to come and help us to renew our hearts, revive our hearts uh, towards a sensitivity, towards His holiness, uh, to drive us to be like Him. Come and join us Ash Wednesday service and let's examine our heart. Uh, that's what Jesus asks us to do, commands us to do. Watch your heart. Watch where the source of the problem is. And as we do that, also watch who you follow. Because the conclusion that Jesus draws about Pharisees is really shocking. Uh, The Pharisees and the teachers of the law, he says, verse 13, every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by its roots, by the roots. Back in chapter 13, Jesus spoke of the parable of the weeds and the wheat and he there he says that some weed that look exactly like wheat were planted by satan that's what jesus is saying about the pharisees that satan had planted uh, these these that look so much like wheat. actually it's leading people astray Well, how well, why are they leading people astray take a look at verse 14. jesus calls them blind guides blind guides Uh, They were blind because they couldn't see. They couldn't see the problem. They couldn't see what the problem was. Their own fallen heart. Prophet Jeremiah wrote, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. They should have known that all these other problems really uh, were a, a, a symptom of a deeper heart problem. They should have said to instead of managing um, these things, they should have uh, pointed people to our inability um, to fulfill the law, inability to meet God's standard, but also point them to their Savior, God who is gracious and merciful. They should have always pointed to the goodness of God rather than telling people to conceal their sins, uh, uh, telling people to do better, uh, just to do better, uh, telling people um, that if even when, when things conflict, uh, that you could still be righteous. Jesus, on the other hand, solved the problem. He saw the problem, and he's come to do something about it. Commentator Don Carson writes about this passage, Jesus is not spiritualizing the Old Testament, but insisting that true religion must deal with the nature of man and not with mere externals. True religion must deal with the nature of man and not merely externals. Friends, that's what Jesus has come to do. To not to deal with mere externals, but to deal with the nature of our hearts, to transform our lives and revive and renew our hearts that we might live differently, uh, that we might be able to uh, follow Him. Uh, Jesus came to forgive our sins. Jesus came so that He could breathe His Spirit in us. So friends, follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. And follow leaders who point Jesus. We ought to follow leaders uh, who speak of our desperate state of our hearts, but also speak of our loving Savior. Uh, turn away from leaders who point to themselves and to their words as just as authoritative as God's word. Avoid uh, uh, those who ask people to blindly follow them. And when you ask them, why are we doing this? Why, why do we have these traditions? People who say, just, just, just follow us. Don't, don't ask questions. Avoid those leaders. Friends, be careful what kind of leaders you follow and what kind of churches that you belong to. Now, with all the baggage of the word evangelical, I still consider myself an evangelical. I call myself one, partly because of one of the basic tenets of evangelicalism is pointing people to Jesus and pointing people to the authority, which is the Bible. That Jesus' words, God's word recorded in it. We again and again say to people, don't just trust us. Don't just follow the traditions. Don't just follow the pastors or bishops. Don't blindly even follow my words. Open up the Bible and see it for yourself. Please go to Jesus. Go to His words. Follow Him for He is our authority. And when we do follow Him, when we do follow Him, He doesn't give us just more rules um, that make our lives manageable, make our sins more manageable. He doesn't burden us with another list of rules. He gives us forgiveness of sins. He gives us, He breathes His Spirit to His followers. His spirit that allows our hearts to fight sin. And when he comes back, he will give us a completely new body, a new heart that will be able to follow God and meet his standards. But for now, this is what he says. Come to me, all, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He gives us rest from striving. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for jesus who has come to deal with the condition of our hearts and lord in this season of lent help us to focus on our hearts help us to focus on our hearts and ask you to breathe your spirit to revive our hearts to be able to fight our sin to become more and more like you to be not wrapped up into, in the uh, hourly um, things and to just blame everything else um, as the source of our problem. But help us to come to you as people who know who, we have a, who have a heart disease, a condition only you can fix. And Lord, as we come to you, we pray that your spirit, uh, by, by, by its great power, will revive us, will comfort us, Uh, will assure us, but will enable us to live differently by the power of your Spirit as a testament to the great day when all of our life and all um, of our heart will be transformed um, by your will. Lord, um, help us now in this season. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.